The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the beginning of another beautiful week, and it is a time where we are rising up and into our hearts and out and into the world in ways that perhaps are known and unknown. We have struggled through many types of experiences over the course of the last few years, and in each case, I'm sure they've had to do with some sort of relationship. So where are these relationships taking us, whether they are the relationship to self, to the other, to the world, or to structures and systems that exist? They are trying to take us to greater passion, authenticity, and activism. And that is what we're talking about today. We are talking about evolutionary love relationships and how to move from the I to the we to the all. And that is what my guests today, who are the authors of Evolutionary Love Relationships, Andrew Harvey and Chris Jade, are speaking about in their latest book. Andrew Harvey is with me today as he has been on before. And I know that you will fall in love with his passion his radical, beautiful activism, his sacredness, and the mysticism with which he speaks. Every act of compassion, every moment of kindness, and every single touch of tenderness are jewels of our humanity. We are pioneers excavating the consciousness of love. And what could be more valuable than the giving and receiving of genuine love? The love that flows from our trembling hearts, from our burning chest to the heart of others. A love that is the memory of the eternal Love is not a sacrificing of the integrity of our spirit. Love is a generous giving from a well-nurtured heart to those who are hungry to receive. If we abandon our spirit, if we betray our authenticity, we lose our passion to love. The heart needs freedom to expand in love. And these are the words of Chris Shade, the other author of this beautiful new book. Andrew Harvey is an internationally acclaimed poet novelist, translator, mystical scholar, and spiritual teacher. He's published over 20 books, including The Hope, A Guide to Sacred Activism, and Radical Passion, Sacred Love and Wisdom in Action. Andrew is a fellow of All Souls College, Oxford, and he has taught at Oxford University, Cornell University, the California Institute of Integral Studies, and the University of Creation Spirituality, as well as various spiritual centers throughout the United States. He was the subject of the 1993 BBC film documentary, The Making of a Modern Mystic, and is the founder of the Institute of Sacred Activism. More than that, he is an incredible voice of the heart, soul, and spirit. His website is andrewharvey.net, and welcome, Andrew, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Simran, it's a great joy to be with you, and a great joy to be talking about this book, because... 
I feel that this book that Chris and I has, have written, Evolutionary Love Relationships, is really coming out at exactly the right time because we're in a time in which it's quite obvious that we're facing very serious decisions about the future of the planet. And we need more than ever to be deeply and profoundly inspired so as to go out there and resist what is trying to be done, not in the name of a great no, but in the name of a great yes that rises from the core of ourselves in great confidence to start building a new world. This is showtime. And what Chris and I have done is to offer everyone at this moment the new vision that's appearing of relationship on the planet at this moment, a vision in which two beings united in passion can go out and become sacred activists and dedicate their inner and outer resources to helping the world. People can enjoy the fullness of divine human love in the depths of their own personal relationships, but we are inviting them to enjoy it also in the ways that those healing depths make them powerful and strong and lucid and vibrant enough to go out into the world and pour out their gifts and resources for the transformation of the planet. That is so important at this moment, not to get trapped in the privatized, isolated vision of relationship that we're being sold by the bazaar of capitalism, but to claim the holy power of love in the core of our lives and energized and inspired by that love, become the sacred activist this time is challenging us to be and pour out our gifts and resources into the world to help the world at this tragic and amazing moment. This is really speaking to many levels of relationship because oftentimes in moments of crisis and chaos and change, the typical shadow response would be to isolate, to go inside, to to separate oneself or to even point the finger and blame and shame the other as the cause of the issue. And you're talking about not only relationship to self, but now also this relationship between couples where we understand that it's not just about ourselves as a couple and who we each are trying to be and the struggles with which we have, but in truly seeing the highest divine aspect in one another and and honoring the sacredness of that global walk that we each step out into when we are serving in the world in a very passionate and loving way and taking that solid relationship force and passion and actually channeling even that into a greater force. Especially that because it's the most powerful passion any of us experience, I think, apart from the passion for God, is the passion for connection with another human being. But if that passion for connection goes into the creation of a a private oasis where you hide from the world, then all the beautiful, holy, wild, gorgeous, initiatory, revelatory energies that awaken in that passion for connection go into creating a separated paradise rather than into helping each being birth their authentic self and the authentic mission of their authentic self and then creating a unit from which both beings, a well of fire from which both beings can draw the energy and the wisdom and the encouragement to do their work in the world. This is the new model, and we've seen it work throughout history in the most amazing ways. We've seen it work with Jesus and Mary Magdalene, for example. Jesus could never have been Jesus without the 
wild initiation into the sacred feminine that Mary Magdalene gave him. He would have been another ascetic, self-righteous, transcendent junkie, but she turned him into a divine human being and helped him to give the radical revolutionary message that he was destined to give. Rumi would never have been Rumi without the sacred, passionate relationship that he had with his great soul's beloved Shams. And yet that relationship, although it had its intense privacy, resulted in Rumi pouring out the greatest mystical poetry of the world that continues to inspire and elevate and help us evolve. That's the kind of relationship, I feel, that we are being challenged to create in our private lives. We should go for something as sublime and beautiful and empowering as that, instead of being content with our neuroses and our desires for possessiveness and our desire to hide from the agony of the world. So this new book, Evolutionary Relationships, is really dedicated to those who are seeking to build partnerships that are based on freedom and authenticity and the passion of global solidarity. But the noble path has in it its hopes and struggles, defeats and breakthroughs, and the foundation of of that is understanding what the vision of love really is. Talk a little bit about the vision of love from this perspective. Well, I would love to take a step back and just try and distill for everybody listening what I've discovered on my long mystical journey. What I've discovered, and this is something that I know because I'm living it with great flaws and follies, of course, but I am living it. What I've discovered is that there is a birth of a new kind of humanity taking place in and through the great death that is taking place. And this birth is the birth of an embodied divine humanity, of a humanity that is connected profoundly to the eternal light, to the deathless identity that it makes possible, but also connected directly and passionately to the embodied Godhead, to the mother, infused by her great love and great passion in every part of one's heart, mind, soul, and body. And this new embodied divine humanity that is being born now is the next evolutionary stage of humanity, and it will have at its core what Rumi called a new kind of love. And this new kind of love, I'm discovering, is not just a transcendent love filled with tender compassion. That's one side of it. Nor is it just a physical love and carnal love, a love rooted in desire. It has those elements also. But it fuses the transcendent and the imminent in a mystery of tender, wild, loving, encouraging, passionate presence. This is the love that Rumi and Shams experienced, and this is the love that they knew was the love of the next stage of humanity. And this is the love, the embodied human and divine love that the mother is pouring into us at this moment to try and help us not only awaken to the catastrophe that we've created from our addictions to power, but also to give us a wholly new force of embodied joy to do the great work that's now being called out to us, the work of transforming our planet through sacred action, through action taken from profound sacred consciousness. 
when you realize that this is what the mother is birthing, then when you look at relationships as they are, you see that so many relationships are disturbing that sacred energy, distorting it, siphoning it off, vampirizing the kind of sacred joy and energy that should be going into transforming the world is going into trying to keep a tottering, neurotic, private relationship going. And you see also that relationships are largely built on a false notion of happiness that comes and goes rather than on the joy that comes from deep mutual spiritual work, deep commitment of the relationship to the eternal beloved so the beloved can use the relationship to transform both deeper and wilder into divine humanity and from the joy of actually claiming your sacred mission with and in the other and finding another companion for you on your journey who loves you in heart, mind, soul, and body and gives you the endless encouragement and compassion that you need to evolve into the sacred warrior midwife that you're called to become. I find this a very thrilling vision of relationships because... I've been looking myself for that new kind of love all my life. And as I come into my 60s, I realize it's here, it's amazing, it's demanding, it's holy, it's beautiful. And what it makes of you is a divine child of the father, mother, willing to experience the depths of passion, not just for your own satisfaction, but for the empowering of your whole being with a vision of the passion of the beloved for the transformation of the world. And once you've connected your own individual experience of passion with that passion, that burning passion that evolves all things in the fire of love, once you've connected that, then you realize that that passion is calling you to use your experience of it to become wild enough and fearless enough and shameless enough and vibrant enough and juicy enough and energetic enough to rise up and keep pouring yourself out in service of a world of justice and compassion. This is how the experience of passion in private relationships becomes the fuel for the takeover of divine passion of the evolutionary process of the world. Now, Andrew, when we talk about the mother, there are different aspects. There's holy mother, there's dark mother, and and Mm -hmm. if we look at relationships that have been happening, we find that relationships are kind of their own uh, schoolroom, and and we've learned through difficult relationships, through challenging relationships, we've learned how to empower ourselves because of very dysfunctional relationships. So are we now moving into a paradigm now where we no longer have to go through those aspects of relationship to truly allow ourselves to be in active service? Are we at a place where we now can choose to be in honoring relationships and still be in this place of truly active service and empowered living? Absolutely. I think that is the dream and that's the ideal and that's what's being offered us. But of course... Anyone who goes on a journey of evolutionary love with someone else who's willing to take the journey too will find that shadows arise, will find that old traumas will surface, will find that karmic patterns that they have will become more and more conscious sometimes and sometimes very painful. But what a love committed to flowing out into the world will give both people is 
profound compassion for the other, profound commitment to helping the other work with these karmic patterns, work with these shadows, work with these fears and desolations that arise. Any two beings who are going for the ideal of evolutionary love, a relationship that is totally committed to itself and totally committed to itself as a source of fiery fuel for work in the world, any relationship that's going for something so beautiful and so holy and so demanding and so rich and so potentially transforming will have very great difficulties. But those difficulties are part of the work and the alchemy of true love. And once you've committed yourself to the vision and once you've had a glimpse, and you will have much more than a glimpse of what that vision can give you, the energy it can give you, the joy it can give you, the sense of divine certainty in the truth of your life that it can give you, you become willing to pay the price and to suffer the consequences and to share that suffering with the other in ways that allow that suffering to actually make you deeper friends, deeper companions, put you into a state of more profound communion so that you learn the skillful means to help the partner that you have with more tenderness, more truth, more true awareness. This is a miracle, and this is a miracle that everybody can live if they're brave enough to risk the adventure. Love is an evolutionary soul force. It is the most powerful force of evolution that we know in our species and in the universe. Love itself is evolving. The idea of love is evolving in our consciousness. It is becoming more and more of a central philosophy that defines the fullness of life and is becoming something that colors our whole life. Love helps us understand how we work, how we relate to others in society, and of course, Love propels us into a thriving and unique relationship with our loved one and our children. We are coming to understand that love is participation with the world in its collective struggle. The form of that participation will differ according to the diversity in our personality and gifts. Love is that which fuels our vitality. It is love that fuels the struggle we undertake to survive dire poverty, the struggle to survive ecological problems, the struggle to survive the forces that are fighting against democracy, and the struggle to create a world that really works and offers us a sense of solidarity with one another. Love is the foundation. And this is from the book Evolutionary Relationships by Andrew Harvey and Chris Sade. You can find out more about Andrew Harvey at andrewharvey.net. Chris Sade is an author, life coach, psychological and philosophical teacher, and the co-director of the Olive Branch Center with his wife, Jesse Thompson. After closing his psychotherapy practice, Sade spent 20 years of training therapists, coaches, and ministers in his two models, Integra, Six Keys for Heart-Centered Living and Individual Authenticity and Global Solidarity. His website is the olivebranchcenter.net. You can find out more about this book on, on these two websites as well as on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. In addition, you can see Andrew Harvey at the Sophia Institute on March, uh, this coming weekend, March 17th, and enjoy some of the work that he is doing there as well with another one of his books that has to do with joy. We'll be right back with Andrew Harvey in Evolutionary Relationships. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? 
Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. I invite you to stay in touch with all I'm doing on my website, via my newsletter, or on social media. You can connect with me at Simran Singh 1111 or at 1111magazine. In addition, definitely dive into the monthly issues of 1111 Magazine offered free every single month online. They are filled with amazing articles from beautiful individuals such as Andrew Harvey and Chris Sade as we share information and voices from around the globe that are spreading light and wisdom. You can discover amazing new things, new techniques, new technologies, as well as inspiration to step out powerfully in your own world. 1111 Magazine is now on audio as well, and you can find out more about that at 1111mag.com. What the Divine Mother is now birthing in all those open to her is a vision of total relationship between heart, mind, body, and soul, so that through the deep sacred relationship we can come into the unified force field of reality becoming completely embodied and present, and use that inner love to express our longing to see the world transformed by justice and to protect creation. What is really at stake is this. If we continue to have a vision of relationship as purely personal, purely private, and something that we cultivate only for our own pleasure, we keep feeding the tragic narcissism that is now ravaging the planet on every level. The real thrust and purpose and meaning and divine importance of relationship is to give us the fuel to take on the world, the passion to embrace the struggle for justice, the energy to keep on pouring ourselves out for the creation of a new world. And these are the words of Andrew Harvey from Evolutionary Relationships. Andrew, that is so true, and narcissism is such a, a, a huge aspect of our society today. We have cultivated it, in fact, Absolutely. and we have made it more so time. in yes. our personal relationships. Talk a little bit about the, the head of narcissism and how it appears not only in the relationships but in our world and how we can use relationship to transform that shadow. 
Well, I think one of the most important things that anybody should recognize about our time and its disastrous addictions is that these disastrous addictions are all flowing out of a fundamental addiction to what I would call the epidemic of near-psychotic narcissism that is ruling every single element of our current society. You can see this in the endless privileging of wealth over any kind of meaning. You can see this in the appalling pathological lying of the politicians and, of course, now our president. Narcissists lie abandonedly to protect their own power. You can see this in our relationship to the earth, reeling under the impact of our incessant greed. You can see this in our disgusting, abandoned uh, lack of interest in the poor. You can see this in our continuing genocide of the animals, the human narcissism that doesn't care about the impact of any of its actions. And you can see it in the way in which a vision of relationships is sold us, in which we have to keep endlessly attractive, endlessly young, endlessly thin, to be able to have the hope of chance to snare someone or to keep them interested in us. So at the core of our vision of relationship is a vision of someone being there to fulfill our needs and the attendant crazy anxiety that follows such a disastrous and one-sided vision of what holy relationship truly is about. So once you've understood these different forms of narcissism, seen their enormous impact upon your life, and I would add also that we have a completely narcissistic spirituality being sold by the capitalist bazaar, by the Oprah world, a spirituality in which people are on the path not to die into love, not to become one with love, but to get things. The ultimate masterpiece of this narcissism was, of course, the secret and a great deal of new age mysticism is just narcissism on crack. So when you've really got this, it's very important to see this and to face this because the authentic mystical path has everything to do with the dying of the false self so that the real self can emerge, the real self that is one with the divine and one with the mother. So what does this real self express itself as? The short answer is relatedness. The difference between the false self with its narcissistic needs, its lust for control, its desire to get everyone to feed one's own image of oneself, the narcissist, the difference between that and your real self is that your real self is in a state of such calm, humble, confident joy, such certainty of being loved by the beloved, such deep immersion in being that it is capable of naturally loving all beings wisely and tenderly and compassionately and relatedly. And all of its actions are born out of this related love. Once you see that, then you really get why. Relationship is such a crucial crucible for the new divine human being because it's in profound relationship with someone you truly love and honor and respect 
that love teaches you how to go beyond yourself, how to go beyond your private concerns and become truly able to love someone else in the authentic glory of their own authentic nature and truly able to see them and love them as they are and support them, support their work, their life. You don't abandon your own work and your own life, but you understand that you cannot any longer be concerned just with your own passions. You need to have a passion of compassion for the others so that your whole life can be immeasurably enriched. And over time, as you explore the demands and experience the revelations of such a relationship, love teaches you to release the demands, the narcissistic hysterias, the narcissistic wounds, the narcissistic agonies, the narcissistic endless, endless judgments of the false self. And you've taken through the power of the relationship that both people are working on with sincerity. You're taking by that power into a revelation of the power of love itself, a power that you then find yourself more and more one with and more and more willing to do its holy work in the world. When we think about narcissism, whether we are looking at an individual, whether we're looking collectively at what is showing up outside of us in politics and government and in celebrity or however we want to look at it, what we find is it is an endless hellhole. It is this, yes. this chasm that takes us so far down into the depths of darkness that it doesn't even know itself. It is so caught up in its own mirror. And so it seems as if for us to really move up out of that place of darkness means that we have to climb this ladder and the rungs of that ladder have to do with vulnerability and authenticity and generosity. And we have to first discover that in ourselves so that we can hold and embrace the vulnerability, authenticity, and generosity of and for others. Talk a bit about vulnerability. Well, you know that, and we say this in the book, that perhaps the most profound statement about evolutionary love that we know, Chris and I, is a statement from Rilke's letters to a young poet, Rilke being the Rumi of Europe, the greatest poet in Europe since Shakespeare. And Rilke wrote to this young man, true love is a solitude that borders, protects, and salutes another solitude. And I love those words, border, protect, and salute. The kind of love that evolutionary love demands isn't a love that merges neurotically with the other. It's a love based on deep self-respect, deep clarity within, a a real understanding of the divine beloved within in everyone and a real capacity for solitude, for real work. And that solitude, that achieved solitude, finds another achieved solitude to bless and to adore and to encourage and to border, to border, to really accompany, to protect so that that solitude in the other can flourish in its deepest way and to salute, to salute the deep desires, the authentic passions, the authentic direction of that solitude. For example, if I am having an evolutionary love relationship, say, with a doctor, and that doctor has a vision of serving those in war zones, my deepest task is to 
really love him or her and really see how that desire to serve shattered children in war zones is his way or her way of turning up in this burning world and offering their unique gifts and service of love and to really encourage my beloved to serve the beloved in that way and to pray for him when he's away and to sustain him in any way when he returns after the shattering experiences he must have had out there. This is the work of evolutionary love, not to claim people and drag them into a private relationship. There will be times of recreation and restoration and renovation and regeneration in private relationship. But there are times that are devoted to giving each solitude the power to realize its deepest purpose and its deepest dreams most completely. This is a wonderfully freeing vision of relationship because in such a relationship there cannot be any owning of the other, cannot be any possessing of the other, there can only be the divine honoring and celebration of the other. This is the deepest meaning of the Tantra, the great system of vision that enabled people in Buddhism and in Hinduism and in other Eastern religions to experience the divine in consecrated sexuality. But we're taking Andrew, one is step this further. The, is this the true meaning of generosity of spirit? What do you think? Why do you ask that question? It's a wonderful question. Because it seems that if we are honoring the path of another, if we are really allowing them to fulfill their sacred mission, even if that means they're not with us, but we are holding the space and we're holding the prayers, then what we are really doing is we're giving the generosity of their spirit to the world along with our own. We are supporting that spirit and moving outward. Well, I don't think there is any true love without that generosity. Anything that tries to limit or possess or categorize or define or narrow the scope of the other person is not love. That is fear. And the more you go deep into the vision of evolutionary love as this amazing empowering force that can make warriors and midwives of a new reality out of us, the more you realize what could be if we allowed this new kind of love to empower us, what could happen in us and for us and for all the ones who love us and for those who we both serve. When you realize that, then you truly work deeply on yourself to face the shadows of greed and possessiveness and lust for control and lust for power that are in your neurotic pain body and to work on cleaning that body in direct relationship with the divine so that you can bring the very best of yourself to the other and the very best of yourself is always the most generous part of yourself, the most generous on many levels because that generosity has to be one in which you are generous enough to see the other in their own terms and in the terms of their own fate and destiny and karma and support that extraordinary sacred direction that belongs to them alone in the knowledge that if you truly support that and if you truly support that in love and if you truly love that being, that being who loves you will only love you more and the work that they do will be 
secretly and invisibly fueled by your love just as your work will be secretly and invisibly fueled by their love and you'll find that both people will have far more energy for their work in the world separately while knowing that they're never separate because always love of the other is accompanying them and sustaining them invisibly. This is an incredible experience and this is why people who live in evolutionary love relationships can do separate projects knowing perfectly that the other is supporting them and finding tremendous energy for those projects through that support and coming together with the excitement of that work to fuel the relationship, the excitement of bringing back to the person whom you love all of the details and delights and defeats too of what you're up to and sharing them so that you can live them separately and together in a way that makes both of you so much richer. This is a, a wonderful experience and it's not a, I know it sounds very grand, but in fact it is being lived by people now. I know many people living this kind of experience and my book with Chris is an invitation to everyone listening to take their vision of relationship to this next potential level so that they too can live this wonder. Because it's been my experience when you turn up and ask the universe to help you get to this vision and then ask the universe to help you find people who can share this vision, the universe is extraordinarily willing to help because this is the next stage of humanity. This is the next birth on the earth. This is the next stage of relationship. This is what the divine wants us to discover so we can rise together to really resist what is now being unfolded, this terrible dark dream of destructive power. So we can resist that from a living knowledge of joy and passion in the core of our lives and fed by the energy that joy and passion gives. It is extremely important to make the distinction between passion and compulsion or obsession. A lot of people speak about times in their life when they were obsessed with something or they had a compulsion towards something and how it ended badly. A compulsion is a pull toward a rigid goal and we are laser focused on a specific result, unyielding and unbending on its form. In other words, we refuse to be flexible and open to multiform results. This rigidity becomes an obsession. Compulsion does not necessarily include love. In compulsion, there is also a sense of being right. I'm correct, and this is how it needs to be. When we act out of compulsion, we do not act out of the desire of our heart, but rather from an unconscious dictate pulling us toward a rigid goal. In contrast, a genuine passion is authentic to us. Our true passions affirm the authenticity of our personality. They do not negate our authenticity. A compulsion easily violates the truth of our personality and heart's desires. A passion is an expression of love and the results of an intentional heart choice. We have no choice in a compulsion. In passion, we choose to surrender our authentic creative power, although we have knowledge that if we dig deeper into our compulsions, we can find a seed of genuine passion that has been corrupted by toxic thinking and thus gone awry. The passion of the divine, the passion of the heart, is very different than compulsion in its manifestation. Passion follows a certain vision, but its goal is not the ultimate aim. Its aim is the outpouring of love while pursuing that goal. This is from the book, Evolutionary Love Relationships, Passion, Authenticity, and Activism by Andrew Harvey and Chris Sade. You can find out more about Andrew Harvey at andrewharvey.net. 
He is an internationally acclaimed poet, novelist, translator, mystical scholar, and spiritual teacher, and has published over 20 books. You can also find out more about Chris Sade, an author, life coach, psychological and philosophical teacher, and the co-director of the Olive Branch Center at theolivebranchcenter.net. We'll be right back with Andrew Harvey. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine, Order now at www.1111mag.com, 1111mag.com. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. The great gift of this return of the mother is passion, and it is crucial need of our time. The patriarchal traditions have demonized passion as a part of their extinction of the divine feminine. This degradation of the divine feminine has made those who experience passion and who want to express passion feel as if they are not holy. They are called crazy, hysterical, because of what the patriarchy wants to privatize God, an off-planet God to whom you can attune your whole being peacefully while serving the death machine that patriarchy has created all over the world. The return of the passion of the mother that is at once a passion for life and a passion for service and work of healing, compassion, and justice that protects life makes available to the human race both a revolutionary energy of empowered protest and an energy of quote-unquote no to all the forces that are killing life and a vast creative yes to all the forces of divine tenderness and passion that are now trying to flood us to help us wake up out of our coca-coma and galvanize our inner lives, galvanize our relationships so that we can step up to the great task of saving the human race from extinction and enabling the great plan of God to go forward. This is from the book Evolutionary Love Relationships, Passion, 
authenticity. I think it's so important and, for people to understand but, what a terrible genocide of passion has taken place in our culture. This is a culture that is grounded in nihilism, grounded in narcissism, grounded in a kind of playful, devastating, mean-spirited irony and cynicism. And all of those forces destroy the most sacred living, vibrant force within us that is the great gift of our incarnation, the great gift that the embodied Godhead, the Mother, gives us, passion. And it's extremely important to understand in radical detail how your passion has been extinguished in your life, how you've been criticized for the most noblest things in you, how you've been put down when you become outraged or wild at the injustice, how you've been told that when you pour yourself out, you're too much. No, you're not too much. The others around you are doing far too little. So claiming mm. divine passion as your birthright is an extremely important step and a very difficult one for many people. And to really claim divine passion, you have to really understand and try to what divine passion is. Divine passion is not theatricality. Divine passion is not emotionalism. Divine passion is a living, fiery force of actual naked love power that rises in the core of your being when you experience the great holy passionate love fire of the beloved when you really experience it and receive it it awakens in you a tremendous clear golden force of divine passion that then becomes the touchstone of all feeling for you and starts to irradiate the whole of your mind and make your mind a servant of love in the world. It shatters open your heart so that your heart becomes always able to pour out compassion and actually irrigates the cells of your body so that instead of being dead and obedient to decay, they wake up and start dancing consciously in eternal bliss. This amazing process of transfiguration that initiation into divine passion makes possible is known in the great mystical systems. It's known in Vajrayana. It's known in the Kabbalah. It's known in Shaivism. It's known at the core of the great Christian mystery and the mystery of transfiguration of theosis. It's known in the Hindu philosophy of Aurobindo who experienced it. And so Getting into direct connection and allowing this divine passion to arise in you over time births you in your authentic self, your absolutely unique but absolutely divine self. It births you in you. And experiencing that divine passion with someone else, with a very close friend or a very sacred collaborator on a great sacred project or a tantric lover, that experience is overwhelmingly beautiful, overwhelmingly joyful, and overwhelmingly empowering because it gives you the capacity to take the plug of your life and put it again and again and again into the socket of the divine electric energy of divine passion that is actually at all moments creating all the worlds. These are big, big words, but you can't...
can experience the naked, direct truth of them. If you go on a mystical journey alone into the Beloved, and if you join that mystical journey with someone else on a mystical journey into the Beloved, in an experience of the divine passion of the Beloved in your own Beloved, Beloved relationship, and then to experience the fulfillment of that passion, you need to dedicate the force of that passion to helping others in the world so that your passion becomes a father-mother passion, giving birth to work after work after work of justice, work after work after work of balance and harmony and compassion as an artist or as a sacred activist or as a doctor or as a lawyer. It doesn't matter what you're doing. All of your activities can become expressions of divine love if you really fuel your life from that well of fire that you can find in a truly committed evolutionary relationship. That is the fundamental vision of our book and I think it's the fundamental vision of a new kind of love that the mother is helping to birth in us in order to help us become strong and wild and joyful and fearless and passionate enough to get going at this critical moment to help Andrew, I've noticed in my own life and I, I see in the world that there are many people that are searching for passion or their purpose in life and through yes. personal experience I found that that true passion rests very deeply at the bottom of the well beneath layers and layers and layers of grief There is a paradox between joy and grief, between passion and grief, and I don't know that people realize that we must go to that bottom of the well in order to truly uncover something that is beyond the mask of purpose and passion that we now wear. Absolutely. What a beautiful way of putting it. I think that, and this is what so many people, or I think all of us, are terrified of doing because... Once you get a glimpse of that paradox and realize that your greatest passion lies as a waiting as a discovery in the center of your greatest heartbreak, then you start to tremble because we're all scared of facing not only our personal traumas and all that they've done to us, but the huge trauma of living in a culture that is now a death machine destroying the planet. But if you through mystical practice, and I believe it's only through very, very constant, very humble spiritual practice, if you build up a container strong enough to allow you to feel the radical heartbreak of being a lost human being in an exploding, dangerous world that is now seemingly addicted to self-destruction, if you really allow yourself to open to that heartbreak and Stay saying the name of God through that heartbreak and believing in the grace of the alchemy of transformation, what will be born in you through that heartbreak is a much deeper level of passion, passion for others, passion for justice, passion for the passion of the beloved, the great holy passion of the beloved to be realized in time, in you, and in the institutions of the world, and that will make you someone who owns up to heartbreak and then chooses their own deepest heartbreak to serve, discovering through that, that if you choose to serve what truly breaks your heart in the world, you will never run out of passionate energy because heartbreak will open unto divine passion and divine passion will always be available to you through your heartbreak to give your heartbreak meaning and to encourage you to use your heartbreak 
to go deeper and deeper and deeper into sacred action in which you'll discover love's transforming grace working on you as one of its agents in the world with tremendous power and tremendous tenderness and tremendous fierce grace. But don't believe me. You need to experience this for yourself. This is, I'm trying to make what happens as clear as possible, but nothing will happen to you unless you make the decision. First, to really face up to where you are in the real world, which is really dying, which is really endangered. Then to face up to the shadows that want to hide from that. Then to claim your heartbreak and the mission hidden within it. Then to live a relationship in which you follow your heartbreak with a person who follows theirs and you experience the joy of your relationship as a way to sustain you opening again and again to what needs to be faced and what needs to be done and needs to be done in a sacred way that you learn from your relationship to spread into the world. This is how evolutionary love can help, but it really does demand that we're adults, not narcissistic children, that we're spiritual, mystical adults willing to turn up in this time as responsible for many of the darknesses that we see outside us, colluding with them, but willing through grace, in grace, to participate in the great transformation that is now being offered us, the transformation of our battered humanity into a radiant, embodied, divine humanity through surrender to love on all of its aspects and all of its demands. The Integra model, the six keys of heart-centered living and leadership are of these six points. They are honor and champion the authentic nature of your unique self and the authentic nature of the unique self of others. Number two, honor and champion the paradoxes of joy and grief, success and defeats, gain and loss. Number three, honor and champion the deepest desires of your heart and the deepest desires of the heart of others. Number four, honor and champion others in their idiosyncratic spirit and advocate their differences. Number five, co-create an inclusive vision of peace and justice with others that joins your essence with theirs. And number six, passionately celebrate the process of co-creation and the journey toward authenticity and solidarity. We have about a minute left, Andrew. Is there any particular point you want to pull out of here or in something well, overall that you'd like that to close that with? That is Chris's wonderful vision, and I'm so honored to have written this book with Chris. It came out of our own evolutionary friendship, and it's a book that really is a dance between his vision and my vision, which are so interdependent but have different kinds of focus. And I really love and honor what Chris has done, especially that model, which is the creates the spine, if you like, for our conversations and our book. I would like to end with one thing that I was astonished by when I first encountered Chris's great and rich and wonderfully powerful teaching. And that was his insistence that In evolutionary love, couples don't just celebrate their successes. They also, and this is so important and has transformed my own vision too, they also celebrate each other's defeats because one of the things that you have to be prepared for if you're 
doing real work in the real world. If you're writing really radical books, they may not be received in their time, but they will be later. If you're doing radical work in any of the departments of the world, you will face opposition, derision, and sometimes real defeat. But in an evolutionary couple, that real defeat won't be a source of misery. It will be a source of praise. The fact is you turned up to fight. You turned up to risk. You turned up to give yourself. You turned up to pour yourself out. And if it doesn't work this time, well, let's celebrate the fact that you truly tried, that you truly turned up. And what you find if you really pursue that is that defeats don't become sources of depression. They become sources of learning, sources of sober awareness. And if you have someone or a group of people around you who are willing to celebrate your defeats because your defeats are just different way stations on the way to a rich and mysterious success later on that love itself will organize through grace. If you see your life like that, then you have much more stamina, much more peace of mind, much more energy to go on going on. This is Thank you so much, Andrew. We have run out of time, and it is always a pleasure to have you here. My guest today was Andrew Harvey. Go to andrewharvey.net. Also find out more about Chris Sade at theolivebranchcenter.net, and go out and pick up your book of Evolutionary Love Relationships and explore now how you can deepen your relationships for greater passion, authenticity, and activism. Until next time, I am Simran, in love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.